All right, this is the part of the program where we talk obituaries when we do, and we have, I think, three just to kind of talk about briefly. In fact, very briefly, in the case of Yuri Nosenko. I think we'll put our talk with Nosenko together with that of Bob Mayhew with, uh, with our, our, our pal Lisa Pease from Los Angeles. Nosenko was a KGB agent who defected to the West in 1964. Uh, very conveniently, it, it, would, it would seem, uh, Nosenko had reviewed the entire KGB file on Lee Harvey Oswald, President Kennedy's alleged killer, and knew for a fact the KGB had never used him because he was, quote, unstable, unquote. we got to talk a bit about Yuri Nosenko, but not today. And speaking of communists, uh, a, a man passed away a couple weeks back who hardly rated any notice in the papers. In spite of the fact that he was handpicked by Chairman Mao Zedong to head the Communist Party of China after Mao's demise, Hua Guofeng actually led China for a couple of years until he was edged out by Deng Xiaoping. By 1976, the reform-minded Deng had ousted Hua Guofeng from his post as prime minister, but he did keep his seat in the Central Committee until 2002. He had effectively lost all power by the early 1980s, however. Hua Guofeng did have at least one stirring act to play when he was on the world stage. That was the taking on of the radical elements, the so-called Gang of Four, who tried to continue to uh, keep Mao's extremism going in the wake of the decade-long Chinese Cultural Revolution, which had left hundreds of thousands of people dead and hundreds of millions traumatized, not to mention China's economy in a... uh, in a slump. Apparently, just one month after taking power and a rather decisive move, Hua ordered the Gang of Four arrested and si- signaled the end of the Mao era. And we'd like to thank The Economist magazine for its noting the passing of Jack Wheel, someone who I didn't know a thing about. But evidently, Jack Wheel was the patriarch of American Western clothing. He died on August 13th at age 107. It was Mr. Wheel who reckoned that a cowboy on a horse, if wearing a shirt with buttons, was liable to get snagged on sagebrush or cactus. His answer was to make shirts with snap fasteners. Noted the economist, until he created his shirts, there was no distinctively Western look in American couture. Adding, well, there were cowboys, but they wore dusty working clothes, accessorized with sweaty bandanas and clanking spurs that no one much cared to copy. Mr. Wheel, early on in his career, made work gear for cowboys and learned early an important fact. They had no money. If he wanted to make any money himself, he'd have to appeal not to the catwalk instincts of cattlemen, which were hard to spot, but to wannabe eastern cowboys who lived in, say, New York City. Fortunately, there were plenty of those. His shirts, sold after 1946 through his company Rock Mount Ranch Wear, became extremely famous, appearing in many movies. Apparently, the uh, Colorado delegation of the Democratic Convention this year wore his shirt, something he narrowly missed seeing. By the way, Wheel once said that any young man worth his salt ought to be a Democrat. But once he has a bit of money, the only way to keep hold of them was to turn Republican. Again, according to the magazine, uh, Mr. Wheel knew J.C. Penney and thought him smart. Knew Levi Strauss, thought he was a nice fellow, but got too big for his britches. And as for Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, he was a, quote, Hillbilly son of a bitch, unquote. Sam Walton apparently uh, constantly harassed Mr. Wheel to supply Walmart with shirts, but he never wanted any customer to take more than 5% of his business. He thought he would lose control that way, and he considered discounters 
kind of low life in general. He felt what mattered were quality and knowing the customer. And uh, globalization was apparently lost on Jack Wheel. He insisted that his shirts be manufactured in America. Yeah, it costs more than getting them sewn in China, but if Chinese people made them, they would take jobs from Americans and mean they couldn't buy his shirts anyway. Anyway, sounds like quite a guy, and I, I'm glad I learned a little bit about Jack Wheel and, and hope, hope you feel the same. I forgot to mention at the top of the show, also, we do have a report uh, from uh, the Twin Cities. We mentioned Amy Goodman's arrest uh, uh, last week. According to Steve, who was involved in some uh, Sunday and Labor Day stuff during the Republican convention, uh, well, he was marshal in the Labor Day Peace March, which he noted was almost totally peaceful. While moving through the crowd, he tripped and skinned a knee, and a cop uh, told him to stay put and came back later with Band-Aids and apologized for not having alcohol wipes. Noted Steve, I know from past experience there are bad cops, but I think bad leadership is a bigger problem. He notes, I'm against lawlessness, and I know the damage violent protesters did to the Vietnam anti-war movement. And we all know no one loved their violence more than Richard Nixon. The window breakers should all be prosecuted, but so should the Twin Cities political and law enforcement leadership for presiding over the assault on the Constitution. Steve said, before the rally, I met Amy Goodman wandering around and chatting with folks. In his mind, he said she was about six foot six and was shocked that she only came up to his shoulder. Well, Steve, we appreciate uh, the input, and if you've had a chance to think about it and mull it over, you got any further comments about uh, what went down in, uh, in St. Paul with the Republican Convention, uh, send us more. And uh, three final items from the legal department. I think we made passing mention of the fact that up in El Dorado County, a couple of, uh, of deputy sheriffs are suing a widowed Shingle Springs mother for $38 million because in their effort to take down her deranged son, who had already shot her husband, uh, he apparently injured a couple of officers. They're now seeking $19 million in damages. Noting in their suit that Eddie Meese's parents were negligent in not recognizing their son's mental problems and his potential for violence. In El Dorado County, supervisors called the legal action despicable, while Sheriff Jeff Neves said the suit is an embarrassment to law enforcement. And speaking of embarrassment, uh, Bernie Ward, a man who uh, kind of ruled the airwaves uh, on the left side of the uh, political spectrum from KGO in the Bay Area, is going to do about seven years uh, in prison for uh, his conviction for distributing child pornography. And Bernie Ward's contention that uh, he was researching a book on uh, Christian conservatives and child pornography eh, doesn't seem to hold up. And the court didn't think so either. That's why he's going to do some time. This is a, a sad story and quite a fall for Bernie Ward, who holds a master's degree in theology and spent nearly two years in the priesthood before leaving to get married. He worked for three years as a legislative assistant for then-representative Barbara Boxer before joining KGO as a reporter in 1985. He became a talk show host in 1992 and held forth on news and politics for three hours every weeknight while discussing religious issues on Sunday mornings in his show called God Talk. I had a chance to meet Bernie Ward when he came here to Sacramento about the time he was becoming a, a talk show host. And uh, he seemed like a very enjoyable guy. He sometimes was a bit sanctimonious and a bit too pugnacious on, on his radio program, but uh, compared to his counterparts uh, on the right, well, he, he didn't stand out. Anyway, sad story for Bernie Ward. 
And in our final legal story, one of the most preposterous legal stories I've read in quite a while, well, we have the fact that Sharon Stone apparently has a thousand Chinese earthquake victims reportedly planning to sue her over the nasty comments she made, which suggested that the earthquake was, was the result of karma for the occupation of Tibet. Sharon Stone uh, later apologized for that injudicious remark, but uh, someone's planning to take her to court. And uh, you know, how, can you, how can you win in court for saying that someone has bad karma? And that reminds me, in the Bay Area last week, I experienced my first earthquake uh, since the Loma Prieta quake in 89. It was a 4.0, uh, kind of nice little roll to the room. Uh, kind of fun. I, li- I like earthquakes when they're small. Anyway, on next week's program, we're going to talk to Tom Moon about his new book, 1,000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die. Our thanks to uh, Simon Singh. We think that Trick or Treatment, The Undeniable Facts About Alternative Medicine, is a very, very good book, and we recommend that you read it. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time. 